You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, you can get him at BearDownJack. Patrick Sheldon, you can read him on DeWindy City as part of the Fan Sided Network or find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. That assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brennan Chagru, is also with us. If you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Logan Bradley can't be with us tonight. He is still covering the World Cup. That poor, poor man. Lots and lots of soccer for him right now. But that's okay, boys. Because we got kind of, I don't know, sort of a ginormous guest that we are thrilled to have. Adam Rank, thank you so much for joining us on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm wonderful. Well, I mean, I'm wonderful in a sense of being in your presence. But, you know, for some other things that happened today, not so much. But uh, it's a thrill to be here. I'm glad we were able to do it. I know a couple of weeks ago I flaked on you guys and I apologize for that. But sometimes... You know how it goes. You got kids, things happen, like, you know. But now I'm just I just let them out in the yard. Like you guys just come in. It's dark. <laughs> I don't care. Like hold it down down there. So Adam, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna ask it regardless. How are you feeling after this? Did you want the Bears to continue the tank? Did you want to see a win? Uh, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' smug face yet again, <laughs> walking off that field? Uh kind of kind of walk us through, if you would, please, how you're feeling about all of this. Yeah, a number of years ago, Triple H and Booker T had a riot, like had a build up to a WrestleMania match that you felt in most booking senses was going to go, was going to end with Booker T getting his comeuppance or not, no, Triple H getting his comeuppance and Booker T getting the victory. And at some point you felt like, well, this is setting up for the Bears to destroy Aaron Rodgers and send him on his way, knock him out of the playoffs, do all that stuff. So I certainly wanted this team to win. And I, I, again, we'll worry about the draft pick when that happens. I wanted to live in the moment of sending Aaron Jones home with no Lou Malnati's, no nothing. Like you don't even get Wiener Schnitzel. Like you just get back to Wisconsin where you belong. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. And while I'm disappointed with the result, I ultimately wanted to win. I still don't understand. I guess I do. Will Brooks brought me back to reality. Like, how do you not understand this? It's Bears fans. Like, how people are not encouraged by what they're watching. Now, I picked this team to win 10 games, and I'm fine being disappointed every week. And if you look at it, over the last, was it, five, six games, the Bears were in every contest. Could have won all those. Imagine had we won those. Imagine Justin Fields never got hurt. My 10-win prediction could have maybe come true. But I think that, you know, as we're, as it's playing out, I'm expect like I'm seeing what I thought, like a team that was going to be pretty good. They were going to have some deficiencies. They're going to have some things to work on. It's not it's not working out record wise, but it's also but like you can see that this is the foundation of a good team. And forgive me as I monologue, 
and uh, I take up all your time because that's what I do. Um, I also don't, and people are like, we got to fire Eber Flus. I'm like, get, oh, catch me up on where we're at because a couple of weeks ago, Getsy needed to be the head coach. Eberflus needed to be fired, but now we're still thinking Eberflus needs to be fired because he can't game manage. <laughs> and then, but, but now Getsy's out again. I, I just don't get it. And for anybody, like, as we sit here and evaluate Justin Fields, we're like, well, a lot of those, the two interceptions at the end of the game, you could reason one was a desperation pass. Number two, the first one to, to ESB, the pass to ESB was because um, he ran the wrong route and that Jair Alexander read it and got it and it was fine. And then so we can all admit like that was on the receiver, which is probably why Getsy's not dialing up as many pass plays as you want. That that's the answer. So either what if you think that Fields is not at fault, then you understand that Getsy's protecting him a little bit by like, yeah, our receivers are not not 100 percent there yet. So I don't know. I but ultimately encouraged yet disappointed with the loss. So, Adam, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, but. Justin quarter, Justin Fields in the fourth quarter, you're starting to see some of the things on Twitter that he can't get it done. He can't do it. Do you blame Luke Getze? Do you blame Justin Fields? Do you blame the terrible wide receivers that are on this team? You know, why can't he get it done here in the fourth quarter? I think once they get to be one dimensional, I, I would like to see Getze dial up a couple of more designed runs when we're in that, like the pass. The pass that we threw that got intercepted, the one I was just talking about with Jair Alexander, I felt like that was a good p- chance to run. I'm like, we should run here. I even said our group, uh, Luis was there with us at Rip Beer Company. He's actually sitting to my left. And I said, we should run here. Like, let's just run it. Like, you don't want Aaron Rodgers to get the football. But at the same time, Cairo was having such a bad game. You're like, oh, I don't really want to rely on his, his foot as much because he's struggling a little bit. So it was really difficult, but I, I would have liked to have seen some more designed runs. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a couple of other things. The other one, too, where even though they ran it on third down after the big play to Keel Harry, you're like, I don't mind running it if you're already going for it on fourth down. So the field goal that was blocked, I was actually hoping that they were in four down territory at that point, and we're going to go for it regardless. And I think like that's the kind of things if I have a critique on the offensive coordinator, I'm like, I think we should do more fourth down going for it. Matt Eberflus even alluded to it during the offseason. And I think we got a little bit into I, I don't know. We got a little bit too into our heads there. Like, let's just go for it. Like, whatever. If we if we don't make it, it's fine because the, the Packers are eventually going to score. The referees will make damn sure of that. But also, you know, it's one of those things like I would love to go for it on fourth down, but I think we're kind of limited by the lack of big time wide receivers that we have on this team right now. And even though I love chase Claypool and I think that's a great move, I think that, you know, we still need some more help. And so I, there's just a couple of critiques and things that we can work on, but uh, ultimately I just think it's, you know, we're in the middle of a rebuild and we're, we're taking last year's number one seed to the ropes, to the wire. So I don't know. I'm trying to keep it in, you know, keep it in continuum but at the same time, I would have liked to have converted and might have done things a little bit differently. Ghost, could you just excuse me? I need to talk with the listener for a second. Okay, it's just us, guys. You need to get your hair cut and styled or you need to get your beard trimmed and shaped. I got a place for you. You're going to go to SheridansBarbershop.com located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They have been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. 
They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right. So, Brendan, before you get started with my favorite part every week, Adam, Brendan breaks down the game and he does it in a way that makes us laugh. And in, and especially in this awful losing streak that has happened, you know, we need it. We need a breakdown today. My heart hurts. I know draft position. I get it. But all of us are Bears fans. And I've seen that smug look from 12 too often. And I'm just not happy about it. But Brendan, before you get started, I, there's a little bit of news is that we've got a new sponsor. And so I am excited to hear Brendan's breakdown sponsored by art by levi let's go that's right it's really exciting the words i put down and the nonsense i spew out somebody's like hey i want to put some money towards that so that's really cool shout out to fan art by levi if you want something truly unique for yourself or for someone else especially as we get into the holiday season the Fan Art by Levi shop on Etsy features over 100 different original pieces of spray paint art. Each painting is original, it's signed, and it's one of a kind. The shop features sports teams like the Bears, superheroes like Marvel, Star Wars, which I love, Pokemon, and so much more. You can find amazing and affordable art at the Fan Art by Levi. That's all one word, Fan Art by Levi shop on Etsy.com. All right, before I get into it, Adam, I basically took inspiration from NFL Primetime, as well as another sports podcast that just goes through some nonsense about breaking down a game. So here we go. The Great Migration South took place on Sunday, and no, it wasn't the birds traveling down for the winter. It was a herd of loud, obnoxious, drunk, and simple-minded folk we call Packers heading south for Chicago. The Bears took on their bitter rival that they once kept from going bankrupt way back when, and it was the home team who struck first. Justin Timberlake Fields brought Sexy back in a big way when he left the Packers defenders in the dust, just like they were the other members of NSYNC on a big touchdown run for a 10-0 lead. A field goal by Green Bay cut it to 10-3, but Fields struck out the band when he found Equinemius James Brown for a huge gain. David Montgomery said, I got you, when he finished the job to make it 16 to three. But the Packers responded as Christian Dr. John Watson made things look elementary, scoring to cut the deficit 16 to 10. And in the second half, things began to resemble a seasonal depression because it looked bleak. Green Bay scored a touchdown thanks to AJ Bob Dylan as he went into the end zone like a rolling stone. The Bears then fell like ancient Egypt when Cairo Santos had his field goal blocked. They had one more chance, but Jair Alexander Hamilton dueled for the ball and won. No, he's not throwing away his shot. The Packers then finished the game off with a climax as Christian Deshaun Watson managed to, wait, I'm sorry. I've been told by my lawyers I'm not allowed to complete this joke. Packers 28, Bears 19. Every week, it makes me feel better. I'm smiling right now, and I didn't think I could smile after that awful Packers loss. All right, so boys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to change the order. We've got Adam Rank with us, and we're stoked about that. So we're going to go true-false to start this off. We will do outhouse and penthouse a little bit later. We want to be respectful of Adam's time. So Adam, this is your first time playing with us. It's pretty simple. I'm going to read off a statement, and you're going to have to let us know if it's true or false and why it is true or false. Boys, this one is coming from Justin Eddy. True or false? 
That was Rogers' last game against the Bears as a Packer. For this, we're going to go Adam, Patrick, Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, and I will finish it up, boys. I'm going to say it is, I don't know. I think he's coming back. I'm going to say false. Earlier this week, I thought it was true. And then when he was out there saluting the fans, alluding to like, oh, you never know when I'll be back. There's nobody who loves the drama more than Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's a lot of teams out there who don't want to pick him up or do whatever or deal with them or take on his contract. Maybe the Jets, maybe maybe he follows, maybe he goes full Favre and goes to the Jets. But I think we're going to see him back. And I, I, I hope that happens because I think at some point, Justin Fields needs to beat him on Soldier Field and put him to rest once and for all. I'm going to say true. Uh, I actually read that as a goodbye, and I hope it's true. Um, I know we've had a few Chicago sportscasters who said that we'll ultimately miss Aaron Rodgers. I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how any Bears fan could miss Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know. I think maybe he does get traded. I think for the reasons that you just stated, Adam, I I think maybe he's uh, run his, his course in Green Bay, maybe the relationship with LaFleur uh, sours over the course of the rest of the year. Uh, maybe they just get tired of him. I know the fans were already calling for Jordan Love last week after his incredible two-pass performance. But uh, maybe he gets dealt to Denver and uh, things aren't looking too good over there at Russell Wilson. Um, I hope it's his last game. So maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I'm going to say true. I'm going to say false. I mean, Rodgers held the entire franchise hostage they couldn't really trade him because they didn't want to be the team that traded Aaron Rodgers. So they signed him and they owe him a crap ton of money. And I don't think anybody's going to eat that money. They're all, all those Packer fans, they're just sleeping on a bed made of fake Packer stock. And they're going to be stuck with one A.A. Ron Rodgers for another year. I'll say true because, yes, he's owed a ton of money. They can get back a decent amount if they cut him post June 1st. I'm not sure who's trading for him at that rate. I mean, the quarterback carousel is always nuts in the offseason anyway, so there's always a chance. But here's the thing. The Packers have not shown they're a winning team right now. He's butting heads with the head coach, and I think now you're probably going to see some pressure about getting Jordan Love into, into the game at some point because you have to see what he is, and he's been sitting on the bench long enough. So I just think finally that the Packers aren't winning and there's always been friction even then going back the last couple of years. I think it's all finally going to come to a head and he's no longer going to be a Packer next year. I don't think his ego is going to let him leave just yet. Yeah, maybe he wants to go chase a ring somewhere else, but I just I, I just get the sense that he's going to stick around for a little bit. All right, boys, Scott Swartz, good friend of the pod at Swaziland. Bears fans should be worried about Cairo Santos. Let's go the exact same order that we went. Adam, what do you think about that one? I'm going to say false. I think that he's been too consistent, too good. I know that there was a little bit of weather there that sounded very windy when the micro when the referee was on the microphone. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. I'm not going to grow concerned about it, and I'm just going to trust that uh, Cairo will return back to his uh, winning form. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about him yet either. Uh, I didn't see the replay of the block. I don't know if anybody else saw it. Did did was it a low kick or did they just let? somebody through um in any event you know he's gonna miss a few i agree with you adam he's been so outstanding for us i think we just come to expect he's gonna be automatic uh but when you look at his season on balance i think he's been pretty solid for us this year so i'm not concerned about him yet 
I'm going to say true only because there's always some concern about the mental status of your kicker. And when you miss one uh, or miss a couple extra points in a field goal, I think of our All-American kicker who sat in the middle of our suite in college and played Jimi Hendrix on his electric guitar while sitting in his tidy whities eating cookies. The guy was a head case. Like cook, kickers are head cases. So I, I, I'm a little concerned about the head case factor of any kicker in any league anywhere. I'll say false for now. The Bears do have a bye week. It's a chance to get everybody healthy and, you know, come back to earth a little bit, get reinvigorated. I mean, God, having a bye week in the middle of December is stupid. But there's so many other things to worry about, I think, with this team. I'm not worried about the kicker right now. And we haven't talked a lot about Soldier Field's turf this year. I think for the most part, it's held up. This game didn't look like it was it was great. People were slipping. People were sliding. Turf Monster got A.J. Dillon at one point. So I'll say false for now because I think just a few things were were going into that. I'm going to say true. He's in a bit of a funk right now. I don't think that he can't get out of it. No, I I don't want to see the Chicago Bears pull a Robbie Gold and get this guy out of here too soon when he can get unfunked. Uh, And so I'd I'd like to see them stick with him. Cairo can be a great kicker, and I want to see them stick around for a little while. All right, gentlemen, this one from our own Brendan Chagru, Alex Alex Leatherwood, excuse me, should be starting for the remainder of the season. Same order as last time, boys. I'm going to say true. I don't mind taking a look at what he has. And I think that it's not really waving the white flag. It's not like he's replacing an all pro or anything like that. But I think it's good to get everybody into the mix, get everybody into the getting their reps Obviously, I think Braxton Jones should never be on the bench. I think you got to play him. And then when you got Jenkins and Whitehair out there, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, this offensive line is not as bad as people make it out to be. I'm like, there's some nice pieces. It's funny, too. Like, whenever you tweet something out and people are like, God, Fields is running for his life. You're like, bro, like, if you didn't watch the game today, that's fine. But, like, it was not like Justin even praised the offensive line. It was like, yeah, the press protection was great. And I, I think, again, when, when you say stuff like that, I go, I think it comes down to the receivers not getting open. But I think that Leatherwood is somebody that we should at least see what we got going on. You know, he's got the talent. He's got everything like that. There's a reason why Mike Mayock jumped up in the draft to get him. So I, I, I think he should get some some opportunities. I say true uh, for one reason, one reason only. This was the best the offensive line protected Justin Fields from a, a pass protection standpoint. His entire career, Uh, Courtney Cronin tweeted out he was pressured on 22% of his dropbacks, which is a career low for him. I think that was part of the reason I was so disappointed that they didn't I didn't see more passing from him today uh, with the play calling, just because it seemed like all the factors were aligning. Right. The offensive line was protecting really well. Fields was dialed in. There were some situational things I wanted to see uh, him call up a few more plays that third and five, like you said, Adam. If they were going to run it uh, or go for it on fourth down, it made sense. But it just seemed like they had a chance to go for the kill shot against Green Bay and turn that narrative a little bit, and they didn't. Um, and I wasn't sure why, because the offensive line played well. So considering they played as well as they played for Fields' his entire career, I don't know how you mess with a good thing next week. I don't think you take a look at Leatherwood either. The Raiders were shocked at matching up his athleticism and then watching dudes just run around him in Vegas. So shocked that they moved him down to guard. I like the idea that we're, again, chipping a chair. Let's try these guys out. He was a high, you know, high round 
pick. Cool. But I, I agree with you, Shells. I think if we're going to have a little bit of momentum, let's gel a little bit here in the last four games and see if we can take that momentum into next season. True. I mean, for everything that you guys said, I mean, you have to see what he is at some point. You paid a decent amount of money claiming him off waivers. And Shells, to kind of piggyback off of what uh, Courtney Cronin had, you look at the Bears' two big pass plays, the one to Equinemia St. Brown and then the one to Nikhil Harry. Leatherwood was the right tackle, just holding down his guy easily. And Gat gave Field so much time to be able to actually line up have the receivers get downfield and make just a beautiful deep pass play, not once, but twice. I mean, what, we're going to trot out Riley Reef again. We're, we're going to trot out Larry Bourne when he gets healthy. Hopefully he's okay. But I, and I will say, I really like how they handled the situation, rotating him in. He hadn't played. He was dealing with mono earlier in the season. So it was kind of a good chance to get his feet wet. And now that we've seen enough, I think let him go after the bye week. True. I don't remember if it was Adam Amin or Mark Schlereth who said it, but you got to see who you got for next season. Who's going to be the guy that you can lean on, you can rely on next season, and uh, we got to see if this dude can play. All right, gentlemen. It was was moderately arousing seeing Justin Fields step up in a clean (laughs) pocket today. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Just moderately? Just moderately? No. It's a a family show. Yeah. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. It is time for the last one. True or false, Luke Getze is most to blame for this loss today. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say at some point, again, this goes back to a point I was making earlier. I think Luke Getze sees who's on the field and understands. Like, I love the idea, especially when Justin looks dialed in, of having him throw more. But you have to understand who he's throwing to. And so, if anything, you know, I I would blame, you know, not having and heel Harry in there enough. I would maybe, you know, I, again, I, I think he's he did an okay job today. I just feel like there were a couple of tweaks that he could have made, a couple of mistakes, uh, a couple of disagreements that I had with him. But to, to put it all on him, I don't think is very fair. I think that the biggest culprit for me, if I'm looking at the one thing, like if I got to change one thing about this game, it would probably be the ability to get to the quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers just in general is a good quarterback. When he doesn't have to worry about getting touched, like they're not even getting close most of the time. There were a couple of breakdowns. I thought that defensively, this was the best I've seen, like the Eberflus system, like come together. Like it seemed like every tackle was a gang tackle. They're swarming to the ball, everything that you wanted to see. We couldn't create any turnovers, unfortunately, but you got to be able to get to the quarterback. And that's the one thing. Like if there was one reason, like if, if we would have been able to consistently get pressure, on Aaron Rodgers, I think we could have forced him into a mistake and then we could have actually won this going away. So I understand if we want Luke to improve, I I can have that. I Listen, that's not offensive to me. I can agree with that. But at the same time, I just don't think that that, that was the main culprit. Yeah, th- these questions are tough because it's always, like you said, it's always tough to put it on one singular thing. But why I'm going to say true is like I alluded to earlier, I think they had opportunities to go for the kill shot and put green Bay away. Green Bay looked kind of lost offensively. And I felt like we had the opportunity uh, to, to put them away and didn't do it because we weren't aggressive enough. And his play calling in the first half was phenomenal. I loved it. 
And then it seemed like we came out in the second half a little bit gun shy, a little bit tentative, almost playing not to lose. We were trying to hold on to a one score lead The the decision to run it on third and five and then kick the field goal, which, you know, would have been uh, to put us up one score um, against Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think you can do that despite the struggles that they've had this year. So I really wanted to see him be more aggressive. I think this could have been again. I know we've talked about this. How many times guys, this could have been another one of fields coming out parties. And uh, we missed a golden opportunity to do that. And I think if they were just a little bit more aggressive with the play calling, like we've said in some previous games this year, they could have came out on top today. I'm going to say false. And I am i wouldn't even try to refute anything that you said, Shells. But in terms of the loss, if you turn the ball over three times to a Hall of Fame quarterback with a threadbare roster and a completely inexperienced coaching staff and roster, you you and get no pressure on the quarterback, no sacks, no hits, no pass to fly. I think going forward, all those criticisms, and if that continues to occur, will be a major issue. If if Getzy doesn't get a little better in terms of all those things you just said, because I do agree, I don't love the third and five runs. I'd like to see him um, allow Justin to make plays in those situations because he is uh, unbelievable playmaker. But but ultimately, just backing out of this game and like looking at it from afar you again if you give up the ball three times create no turnovers to a hall of fame quarterback you're going to lose i'm struggling with this one i think i i lean towards what rank is saying with the lack of pass rush because let's be real guys aaron Rodgers did not look good he could barely throw a football he was missing wide open throws he just was not the same quarterback and if you even just breathed on him a little bit I think he's going to make a mistake and you just could not do that. I give a lot of credit to the, to the defensive backs who were pulled off off the street. Like they showed Harrison hand and I'm like, that guy looks like a Madden player. Like he was just a creative Madden player that after they ran out of guys, I will say though, Luke Getze, if you're having a pie chart for the most blame, I guess Luke Getze is clearly number two for the reasons that you said, but I don't think he's doing a bad job per se. I think he can definitely get better in situational play calling. Shells and I were going back and forth about this. The third and five run was probably the worst play call of that because unless you are going to go on fourth down, like you said earlier, rank, there's no reason to do it. You're already down by one. You're already down by one score. You need a touchdown to go back up. Some of the play calls earlier in the game, like settling for the field goal after there was a massive holding call, I was kind of okay with because that took you out of your game plan and you are trying to get points to make it a one score game to a two score game. You can argue about it, but I see the point in doing it. I thought there was, for the most part, there was more good from Luke Getzey overall of the last few weeks. And it's also because you've seen him develop Justin Fields. You've seen this offense get better and better. I mean, think about some of the offensive coordinators we've had in years past, like, uh, do do we want to go back to 2020 and 2021 where we could barely score three points? Nope. Everybody's shaking their head. No, there's, there's issues for sure. And there's room for improvement, but let's remember he's a first year offensive coordinator. Development is not just for players. It's for coaches too. So I will say the lack of pass rush overall is the reason we lost because it broke down at the end where we couldn't, we just couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers when it mattered most. 
You dudes are really smart, but I'm going to say true on this one. And I think about Jack's point about the, you know, the turnovers. Well, the first turnover, the Bears defense, which played the best game that they've had in what, eight weeks, maybe more. I mean, they looked like they looked okay compared to the way that they've looked uh, for the most of the season. And those last two turnovers are coming because they're having to play catch up. If Luke Getze calls a better game, they're not in this position. You know, Justin doesn't have to force those balls into, into bad positions. And, you know, I, I know Luke Getze is, is, is getting better and I know he's learning, but he also, he, there was a couple times where I asked myself, is he legitimately trying to lose yards? Patrick Sheldon, we were talking about it a little bit that the one time where it's, he kind of shoots off to the left to David Montgomery after you already lost yards in the last rush, like, Dude, what are you doing? I, I, I am very, very happy that we are scoring points and that this offense looks better than it has. But at the same time, he has to be better. He has to be better than this. And I, I do. I do put the blame on Luke Getze for this one. Yeah. What, one quick follow-up point. I, I don't want this. I'm not, I don't want it to sound as if I think this game is a referendum on Luke Getze. I mean, just last week I said like, Bears Twitter has to stop with from going one week, uh, you know, from where we're talking about Luke Getze as a head coaching candidate to next week. We'll want him fired. We have to give him time <laughs> to grow. So I don't mean for this game to be like a referendum on Luke Getze, but I think what, what bugged me and what we said in the past is yes, like you have to understand he's game plan for what he's had to work with in previous games. And I've forgiven it for that reason, but this game felt different because it felt like the things that, had gone wrong historically this year were clicking fields was, was, was dialed in the offensive line was holding up. It just seemed like today was the day to let it loose. If you were going to do that. And and so that's why I kind of put the blame on him, but it, you know, it's again, it's tough to blame one singular thing for a loss. It, it is. And for the people who are calling for Luke Getzi to be fired, it, it's asinine. It's unbelievable. And I'm honestly pissed off about it because you just can't take this. Like you said, week by week, look back at the progress that's been made this season. And I think we can say that Luke Getze seems like a conservative play caller. We've seen it in previous games where he's relied on a, on the running game and it's worked well for the most part. He came into this game knowing that the Packers had the second worst run defense and were gashed for over 360 yards by the Philadelphia Eagles last week. I'm sure he wanted to do the same thing and continue to lean on the run. Now at certain times, Definitely should have gone away from it because of what Fields was doing. But I don't fault him for continuing to try to establish a run because the Packers, especially in the first half, they couldn't stop it. They did adjust well, and I'll give them credit for that. But my God, just stop. And the people who are saying like, oh, Luke Getz, he's in on the tank. He he knows he wants to lose. Just shut up, yeah, okay? Time. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm honestly pissed off about it. Coaches don't think like that. And if nope. you think like that, you're a loser. That's loser mentality. <laughs> it All is. Right. It's so no, but it, to go back. on It's so true. Like to think about this. It's fine to sit here and go through this uh, with a fine tooth comb. And we're going back and we're watching things. And we're pointing out plays. I think it's fair to have those questions. And, you know, the one cool thing that I've liked about this coaching staff is that they usually address it. You know, most of the time they're like, oh, well, this is what I was thinking. And you're like, okay, I don't necessarily always agree with it. There are times I disagree with it. We're talking about the third and five play. We're talking about this. Like, okay, that's fair. But to sit here and just to be just wanting to hit the reset button, like you're playing Madden, like you're like, ah, it's over. I'm I'm restarting the entire, <laughs> like, no, it, it doesn't work like that. And I also think, and I, and I hate to be the, the toxically optimistic person, 
but it's actually like a refreshing change to be like, our offense didn't come through. Like, instead of being like, we need the offense to win these games for us and to be like, it's a different feeling. Like, hey, we need to hold this team to nine points or else we never have a chance. Like, no, you feel pretty good. And then ultimately you look back over our roster currently and be like, we could use a couple more pieces. But at the same time, we have an expectation of this offense being even better than what we've seen. And and again, this Packers team was built to be really good defensively. Look at the draft picks that they have sunk into the defensive side of the football. And even though they have not played well in the past, this past season, they went out there and they performed admirably today. They have, they're going against their former offensive coordinator or their former quarterbacks coach, I should say. They they know how to scout the and the fact that we still went out and handled them offensively. There's a lot of things where I'm like, okay, like I'm not happy that we lost, but I'm not despondent like we're a terrible team. Like it's not like the end of the John Fox era or anything. Like this is like this is like being at the end of Empire. Like, okay, like that sucked. Luke lost his hand. Hans and the carbon freeze, but I feel like we can turn this around. And so I'm out there with princess Leia looking out towards the, <laughs> towards the sky. The star Wars reference did it for me. All right. So Adam, we know that your time is precious and, and we know that you got to get out of here soon. So I, I was hoping that you would answer this, this last question, which is I think on every bears fans mind at this point, what are you watching for in these last couple games this season? Cause we know you're going to watch. Oh, hundred percent. What are you watching for? I don't, again, do not want to take this defeatist attitude, but I think I saw somebody on Twitter might've been EJ or whomever it was. Who's all like at halftime, like ah, I'm good. Like fields is good. We're playing well. This is all I need. I don't want to get to that point. I would still, well now almost, you're almost to the point of like the wins and losses don't really affect me as much, but what I want to see is continued improvement from the guys that we expect to be there next season. Jack Sanborn is great and he needs to learn how to tackle a little bit lower. There were some plays this week where AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones got into the open field. And the one in particular where Sanborn had him by the ankle two years ago, AJ Dillon breaks that tackle and scores a touchdown. Like I'm not even kidding. Like that's exactly what would have happened. They wrapped him up. They forced some three and outs. They forced some punts when you weren't expecting it. Those are the kind of things I'm looking for trying to find some hidden gold amongst there. I also want to see offensively that we continue, like when they drop back the pass on first down that it, you know what, we have a good chance of completing this play. I would like to do a little bit more downfield. I don't think we need to throw screens to chase Claypool anymore. Let him go out there and run his routes. <laughs> like chase Claypool and Equinemia St. Brown both ran similar routes and chase Claypool converts his into a first down and ESB gets it picked off. So, like, I want to see development. And if we're not going to be able to see it, you know what? In effect, when Amy St. Brown, we brought in on a one-year contract. I think it's safe to say, like, yeah, we might be moving on from you, sir. But thanks anyways. I appreciate you being here. You made a nice play earlier. You've made some nice plays for this team, but your best bet is being a wide receiver for at some point. You're not going to be somebody who's going to be counted on to be a contributor. So I want to see if somebody else can step up. I would love to see more in Keel Harry. I think Tristan Ebner, Tristan Ebner, had a play finally where we're like, yes, this is what we've seen. This is what we want to see more of. And I know it's going against that Packers defense. I want to see more out of that. I want to see more Cole Komet. I want to see more uh, throwing from the pocket. And I think we will. 
And you know what? Our offensive line, like I want our offensive line to get better and all that good stuff and see what we have with Alex Leatherwood. I want to see Braxton Jones continue to develop. And obviously Tevin Jenkins, who, you know what? I'm not sure that that was a holding, sir. So, you know what? Ultimately, the small victories, I still I still want to win. Yeah, especially because we got Detroit. We got Minnesota. If we could keep Minnesota from getting the number one overall seed, which I don't think is an issue. But if we have to play spoiler or something like that, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I just want to see good things from the guys who are going to be here next year. Adam Rank from the NFL Network. You want to find him on Twitter. It's at Adam Rank. Adam, we cannot say thank you enough for coming on to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. You were our first guest, the yeah. inaugural guest to start off this podcast. And we just, I know I speak for all the guys when I say we're so appreciative of you and all the things that you do and and just your your Bears fandom. I just, I always know that there's going to be an excited Bears fan on the NFL <laughs> Network uh, talking smack to the Packers. And that just means a lot to all of us. So thank you so much. Thank you. And unfortunately, or as a thing that I'm remiss on, you're the only one who hasn't been on the sick podcast with Adam Rank. And we've got to fix that at some point because I know I know Jack and Brandon and uh, Shells have all been on it. So we got to get you on very soon. So I uh, look forward to that invite coming shortly. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. So thank you so much, Adam. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, so I got to go. I got to go. I got to bathe the kids. I got to get them fed. <laughs> These kids, you just can't leave them alone. Yeah. They're four and seven, and they just want to be fed every day. Always, leave them always need something. Multiple <laughs> times, as a matter of fact. It's like, what? You had breakfast this morning. <laughs> but in any event, thank you so much for having me. Glad we were able to do this. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Good. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Gentlemen, I, I thought it was especially fun to go off the interview style and just integrate Adam Rank into the normal process of the show doing true false was really cool with him. And I, I love the points that, that he makes along the way, especially uh, perhaps we can talk about it more. The the point he made about maybe some of Getz's play calling being, you know, facilitated by a need to protect Justin Fields, I thought was interesting because I, I don't disagree with some of Shell's your hard takes about, you know, uh, about Luke Getze, but but I do, from a personal perspective, think about situations where I've been in, where I felt handcuffed, wanted to call certain things and not be, been able to. But, but in terms of Adam Rank, we we're just talking off the uh, off the recording for a minute. And he mentioned how cool it is when you get to meet people that are, you know, in a celebrity spotlight, and you find out that they're really pretty cool people. And we, again, have been so fortunate with the people from from Grody to Gary Finsick to to Mark Silverman. I mean, on and on. We could talk about the guys that we've had on. And to a person, they've just been cool dudes to chat bears with. I think about Lester Wiltfong and Cam Ellis as the only other guys that have jumped in the way that that Adam Rank just did and just awesome episodes. It's just it's fun when those guys get a chance to maybe kind of step down from all the crazy things that they're doing. I'm hoping that he had fun just sitting around and talking to a bunch of Bears fans. Boys, it's time. The Outhouse and the Penthouse. The Outhouse and the Penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Interest rates are up. Prices are up. Is real estate dead? It's not. But when you have questions, Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties, Christie's International has your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience have been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. All right. 
boys. So Bears lose, unfortunately. And so we're going to go outhouse penthouse for this. We're going to go Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Outhouse, boys. I, I hate to belabor the point, but I've got to put Luke Getze's, uh second half play calling in my outhouse. Um, I get it. Like, I, I know <laughs> maybe I was a little bit too passionate in my tweeting today, but look, today was the day to let Justin Fields lose. I, 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 again, I'm not in a position to say one way or the other, whether I think Luke gets, he's going to be a great offensive coordinator, a terrible offensive coordinator, somewhere in the middle. All I'm saying is in looking at the game today, I think he called a terrible game. And uh, I would have liked to have seen him let Justin Fields do what he was doing so well today. Um, I look at the San Francisco 49ers game who brought in the last pick in the entire draft off the bench uh, cold. And there were two plays in late in the game, the third and fourth quarter where they had uh third and one and they were protecting a lead and they threw the ball both times. And I, I get it. People are saying, calm down. People are saying uh, the San Francisco 49ers is a different team. I get all that. I'm just talking about today's game against the Packers where the offensive line was playing out of their minds. Justin Fields is playing out of their minds and we run the ball on third and five when we have a chance to put a team away. They're protecting a lead and and they pass the ball with the last pick in the entire NFL draft. It's a philosophical uh, thing for me, right? It's not just about the the, the depth uh, or the lack of talent, the difference in talent between the 49ers and the Bears. It was just you had it. You had the game right there for the taking. And you let it, you let it slip through your fingers and it bugged me today. It really did. Again, not a referendum on Luke Getze on, on whether he's going to be a good offensive coordinator today though. He was, I thought he was bad. I mean, Justin Fields is no Brock Purdy, Iowa state cyclone <laughs> shout out Scott Swartz. All right. Let's, let's be clear about that, but no, I, I get it. I mean, I'm just shells. I don't disagree with you. Like, because I don't think he called like the best game at all. I, I talked about the situations that he definitely could have improved in. I just, I'm really sick of seeing the people that just want to fire his ass after he's done, I think a phenomenal job with working with Justin Fields. And I think he has a good offensive mind. I just think some of the execution does need to be better. So just really, I was really pissed off about this like all day. So if I, if I come at you or anything, it's not you, I love you. I love you so damn much, but are you coming and, at me? What? Am I missing something? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> My outhouse sadly goes to David Montgomery. I was really hoping for a much better performance from him because I thought his first half running was pretty decent. His second half, I thought it was a little too more, too much East West. He was getting swallowed up by a Packers defense that again, we just saw Miles Sanders run all over them. And I don't think Miles Sanders is that good of a running back for the Eagles, sadly. So I don't know if Dave Montgomery played a bad game, but he just didn't play like a great game. And I also thought, especially considering the success that he's had against the Packers, I was really hoping for a bit more and he was really lacking in the passing game as well. So um, I love Dave Montgomery, but after last week's game, I just didn't see it from him. So he's in my outhouse this week. My outhouse goes to something that's becoming a bit of a concern. And that is once again, the decision-making by the coaching staff at the end of the first half. I, that timeout is is a mystery. I, I didn't catch all of the post-game press conference to see if a question was was asked about it and if there was a response from Flus. I'm sure he'll get asked about it throughout the course of the week. But 
but of all all of the the chances to to challenge or take timeouts or you know try to move the ball down the field and and stop the clock and get ourselves a a possible field goal or that's the one thing I will say that I have a lot of really great things to say about this staff in general. I think it's incredible that we've lost nine out of 10 and six in a row. And those guys still played the way those guys played today. The fact that this is not a hot garbage mess spiraling out of control is pretty freaking impressive. However, that is one thing that Flus needs to, needs to start to get better at. Jack, that's so. That was literally the timeout by Flus, right, leading into the the end of it. That was that was what I had written down in my notes. Sorry, man. That's quite all right. I'm not mad about it. I'm glad somebody talked about it. Honestly, uh, I want to talk about Cairo. the The blocked kick. I, I'm pushing that away. He's missed three extra points this season. Am I am I missing that, boys? I, I believe that it is three thus far. I'm pretty sure it's three. It could I mean, be it's more. Two recently, it's, right? it's at least three extra points that he has missed this season. There's something going on. He might be hurt. He might be injured, right? And I said this earlier. I don't want him gone. It's nothing like that. But dude is in a funk, and I would like for him to get out of that funk. Uh, he has cost us a couple games, and I want I, I want to see. Cairo go back to to being good Cairo. He did, he has missed three extra points by the way. I just double checked that. And I didn't say I was like totally concerned about him earlier when we were talking with Frank. I'm still not, but even some of the ones he made that looked really dicey, man. <laughs> the one that just curved like right at the end, I thought it was going to miss. I think it was a PAT or like a short field goal, so I get it. They talk about the wind being funky and it, I mean, it did look like it was viciously, viciously windy there. I would like for somebody as a Chicago historian to, for once, get the reference to the Windy City correct. It doesn't really have anything to do with the wind. And so if somebody would get that right, I would be really pleased by that. All right, boys, it's time to go to the penthouse. For the penthouse, we're just going to reverse the order that we just went. So we're going to go Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. Well, you know, Adam Rank mentioned it, and I think it's a continual great effort by uh, Sanborn. I think I do agree with Rank that it would be nice to see him get a little lower on his tackles, but boy, is he easy a beast. What do you like about it? Do you like the neck, or do you like hammering Jack Sanborn? What's... We're going to go with uh, <laughs> 10 tackles in the first half and ended up with 11 total tackles. Uh, and yes, also had one tackle for a loss. And right now, I think he, he, kind of, he epitomizes the Bears defense, man. Oh, by the way, um, he has 43 tackles since the other guy left. And the other guy, any guesses? Over or under, over or under 15 tackles for a row since the trade was made. Slightly over. I was going to say like 17. 20. So 43 for Sanborn and 20 for Rowe. Now I get their circumstances could be very different. I don't know how many snaps Rowe's played, but. I just, before anybody else goes, I was wrong about Jack Sanborn. I thought he would be mediocre at best. That dude's a player and he's probably your starting middle linebacker next season, right? He's in the conversation for it, for sure. Yeah. A guy that can find the football, as we've talked about so many times, needs to be on the field somewhere. All right. I knew I know he threw two interceptions. 
I know that maybe he didn't throw a passing touchdown, but God damn it, Justin Fields belongs in the penthouse. We talked a little bit about it, 20 for 25, 80% completion percentage. That is his highest as an NFL player, and I'm not counting the time he went two for two against the Rams when he was brought in as a gadget player. 254 yards, also a season high for him. Yes, we talked about the two interceptions. One of them absolutely was on Equinemia St. Brown. Rank referenced it. When you see Chase Claypool turn on a dime on a deep comeback and then Equinemia St. Brown take more steps, you know, just to get his Fitbit in and then have Jair Alexander just come come up and, you know, be able to get the ball. That's a problem. So I don't put that one on him. The other one was a garbage time one. I get it. But he looked good, especially with a sore shoulder too. even running the ball. Still, he's faster than everybody. I thought his deep balls were on point. He was dicing up the Packers defense. I know Shells wants to see more of it, but you know what? He he had a hell of a game, and especially just grinding it out from that injury that he had. I think it was really impressive. So, Justin Fields, you deserve to be in the penthouse and hopefully get an ice pack while you're up there for, for your shoulder. I mean, you'd take 20 of 25 for 254 yards from Justin Fields, wouldn't you? Every day. And add the 71 no, yards rushing. That's it? right. Yes. Add the 70 yards running. Yes. I'm sorry. I missed that. It's a great line. Thank you. Yeah. You could put his deep balls in the penthouse by themselves. Um, I thought you were going to say something else for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Just Did you set yourself up? <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he was phenomenal. I, I know I tweeted it or tweeted it. I texted it to you guys in the chat, but for the benefit of the our listeners, he was 79.4% of the Bears total offense today between his, his passing yards and his rushing yards. Um, he was hit, right, as he has been week in and week out. In my penthouse, I'm going to put the defensive secondary. They have been much maligned all year. We have been absolutely roasting them, sometimes looking completely lost out there. And they were phenomenal. I mean, as little pressure as our defensive line got, and we talked about it ad nauseum all show, they were they were hanging in there, uh, having to cover these guys for you know, five, six, seven, felt like 15 seconds for some plays where Rogers is just back there dancing around, scrambling, looking for somebody to throw to. And he had nobody. Um, I just thought that they played so good. They shut down the Packers when they needed to uh, tried to do everything they could to give and, and keep the momentum on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Offensive um, game plan came up a little bit short today, in my opinion, but the, the defense, uh, excuse me, the secondary of the defense played phenomenally, I thought, today, and and they deserve a lot of credit. So, Patrick Sheldon, I'm just going to play off that just a little bit. Josh Blackwell just basically signed off the street, Mm -hmm. cornerback out of Duke. I was impressed. Yeah, he didn't play fantastic through the whole game, but pretty much through the whole thing. He was going to be on my list, but since you already said the secondary, I am going to go with the Bears wide receivers. Now, obviously, we we know Equinemius St. Brown, that was a bad bad route however boys i'm just looking at some of these things that the equinemia st brown the long touchdown reception over jair alexander the uh nikhil harry long reception 49 yards over jair alexander jair alexander is a very good cornerback that's why he made the play that he did on the interception and the fact is that a second year quarterback is making deep shots to those guys nikhil harry like that if this was a winning football team, that's on Sports Center over and over and over and over again. But it's, oh, it's the Bears. They're a joke. And so we're not going to show it. But that was an incredible 
incredible catch. I hope that he's back next season. I want to see them just give him another shot. And for these last couple of games to finish out the season, I want more Nikhil Harry. All right, boys, things that we missed, things that we missed. Let's go. Patrick Sheldon, Brennan Shagru, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. I think some people are going to miss the force through the trees this week, and you're going to see a lot of hot takes. I, I tweeted it out after the game. The worst part about this loss is some of the hot takes you're going to see this week. I, I already saw people tweeting out about how Justin Fields needs to be more clutch and he needs to be better in the fourth quarter. And it, in my estimation, it's not um, it's not honestly assessing the games that he's played in. You're you're jumping on to a tagline, to a, a soundbite uh, or to something Dan Weeder has been pushing for months because he plays pretty darn well in the fourth quarter. But as we've talked about, those are the times when you need your playmakers to make plays and the, the disparity in talent becomes so much more evident in the fourth quarter when everybody knows you're throwing and you need your guys to get open and they can't. Um, we've talked about the, the three games that he's had in the fourth quarter where he should have won. Uh, and so for people to jump on this, I think, bogus narrative because of what happened in the fourth quarter today is, is missing the force of the trees and missing how much this quarterback has evolved this year, how well he's playing and, and how much he's doing with absolutely nothing around him. And so um, I may have to stay off of Twitter a few days this week because I just don't know if I can take some of the takes that I've already seen. Uh, but um, hopefully people start recognizing just how phenomenal this kid is and how he's literally carrying this team uh, every step of the way. Got a couple things. One, we didn't talk about the loss of Kari Blossom game. That was a surprise loss because he was inactive, I believe because he was sick. That was probably a reason that the rushing offense didn't look as good as it could have. So maybe a little reprieve to David Montgomery from what I said earlier. I apologize. Uh, I love that the Bears, even though we've talked about Luke Getz's shortcomings, they continue to score on the first drive. They did it again today. They've only missed it. They've only missed scoring on the first drive three times this season. So I really like to see that. Uh I, this doesn't mean anything, but I was happy to see the Aaron Rodgers not hit Randall Cobb on a deep fourth and eight at Soldier Field. That just kind of felt like God telling me, hey, everything's going to be OK and it's going to come full circle eventually. Maybe not today, but eventually. Uh, and then we we talked a little bit about the offensive line, but they and this this credit goes to uh, Lester Wiltfong, who we mentioned earlier. They did not let up a sack for the first time in over two years. It's been two years since the Bears hadn't let up a sack. So just a phenomenal, phenomenal job by them. And yeah, we, we see what can happen when your quarterback stays upright. I would just to say that I, I, I'm oddly excited. It, it hurt. It hurt. No doubt about it. Cause losing to green Bay sucks. But, but I guess as I looked at it more objectively, I felt like, especially with the D line, not only were they not able to put any pressure on Aaron Rodgers at the end, but just think about them getting rolled in the running game. I mean, a team like the Bears is going to get beat by a team like the Packers when push comes to shove, when their roster is what it is and when their experience is what it is. And that's there's a certain inevitability of that. But in, in the meantime, I mean, they're throwing up 254 in the air, 155 on the ground, 409 total. We already talked about Justin Fields' uh, the day that he had. I thought the kickoff coverage was phenomenal today. I just... I think the arrow is so pointing up that 
it, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I feel like as well as they're playing, given the circumstances, the idea of adding some pieces that will contribute on both sides of the ball, like thinking about what Justin Fields is doing already with this group, guys, you had some, some highly combustible touchdown electric playing dudes. I don't know. Is it too far to say like Cincinnati Bengals turn around? Am I getting ahead of myself? Like out over my skis? Cause I, I think with the cap room, I think with with the draft, I think with free agency, there there could be a there could be a really nice turnaround because the structure is in place and this group is seeing the long term picture, in my opinion, so incredibly well. I had a thought. I shared it with you boys on the text chain, and my thought was this Green Bay fans are nervous. They're going to give a lot of false bravado to say that they're not. But the truth is that Justin Fields is an electric player. Electric. I don't care if you call him running back one. He's a better runner than your running back. I don't, I don't, I don't care if you call him running back one because he can throw better than, than most of the quarterbacks out there in the NFL. His deep ball is incredible, and he's getting better and better. He's a second-year player. They've never seen this before. Bears fans haven't really seen this before. We have the best player on the field right now is our quarterback. Green Bay fans know they're in cap hell. Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. Maybe Jordan Love is okay. Maybe, but those two drives, Patrick Sheldon, you've you've definitely convinced me, right? It it's it's an, a little a little sample size doesn't say a whole lot. All they know is that they're going to have to contend with Justin Fields for a long freaking time. And it's funny is to, to watch the tweets and to listen to the conversations. The, the conversation has shifted. They understand that this was a much bigger win than they're leading on to believe because Justin Fields is coming and it's, it's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm not saying that we're going to take the North or whatever the hell people are saying that, 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 you know, he's never going to give it back. But what I am saying is Justin Fields is going to make this rivalry a rivalry again. He's going to make it competitive. And I'm so damn excited to be here to watch it. Touchdown run was uh, indescribable. Uh, The the, the speed that he showed, the, the, the move that he made up the field I don't even know what to say about it. He looks like like all of a sudden they threw a high school team out there to defend him and he just ran by all of them. Like when he does that, oh. the the <laughs> linebacker that had him dead to rights and Justin just goes, bye-bye, yeah, see ya. Just buy him. So awesome. So much fun. All right, Jack, what do you got for us this week, buddy? You get one artist. To, there's somehow how there's like a, a music Armageddon and all the music is wiped out except for the one artist that you were able to salvage before the inferno ensued. Who are you picking? One artist to listen to for the rest of your days. We are going to go. I love looking at your faces when I ask these questions. I hate this question. It's hard. It's, hard. it's so hard. Uh, could you, this is a quack. Like, man, if I had some time, I could maybe think about it. Okay, so Jack, just 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 yeah. for clarification, you are mm-hmm. talking 
uh, any artist that's ever recorded ever, or are you talking about a recent uh, artist that is still alive today? Any any artist that has ever recorded? It could be a band. Writers have to be a solo artist. It does not have to be a solo artist. Okay. So it can be an artist or a band. And I'm not even like limiting you just to one album. You get all the playlists, all the, the, the whole catalog. All right, so little, little River bands in play, right? We're not excluding them for obvious reasons. <laughs> Whatever you want, Shells. Okay. Shells, because of that comment, you get to go first, <laughs> and then Brendan, and then Ryan, and I'll anchor it up. I get to go first. Mm. You know what I should have done? I should have. This is so, this is really tough. Um, I'm going to say just because of the range, I don't even know that they're like my favorite band per se, but just because it's the only thing I can listen to. And I think they've got some range. Um, I'm going to go with the Beatles. Really? Uh, yeah. I think it, because they're not they my evolved. favorite, like I, well, they morphed so much. Yeah. That you wouldn't be getting the same thing. That's my point. Like if I uh, have to listen to it over and over and over again for the rest of my life, I need something right. with some, depth and some variants uh and again they're not my favorite band by far but it's just i'm just trying to think of a band that has like like you said they, they've they've done some different stuff um yeah I so much range been... so much creativity if you watch yeah. that documentary on apple with uh with the beatles it's fantastic just to watch paul mccartney come up with and harrison yeah. when they work together holy that's really yeah i gotta check that out i heard it was really good those two and, you know, they'll just like playing a riff and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, what one of their classic, amazing songs has come out. So I get that. At first I was like, oh, that seems so uh, pedestrian, but I, I understand it. It was like the Bee Gees. They changed over time. Yeah. I wouldn't pick the Bee Gees, but how about you, Brendan? Pass. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of them. What are they? Are they, are they most famous for like, I saw the sign? No, that's Ace of Base. That's Ace, Ace of, of Base. Base. Yeah. Brendan chooses Ace of Base. I do not Base. choose Ace Good of call, Base. Oh my God. I hear it enough in that goddamn Miller Lite commercial, which I know you guys you guys don't listen to football I haven't commercials heard anymore. Nope. Thanks nope. to Ryan. I didn't hear a single freaking commercial all day. I like, how it, my I, I, I like how it took Ryan to basically say, hey, if you mute your TV, you won't hear Brendan, commercials. you've heard me say, I am the dumbest smart person I know. There are some things I do that are so dumb. That's one of them. I could have muted myself. You're right. Oh, man. No, I. so I, I really do struggle with this because I'm somebody, I love certain songs. I love just like all certain songs by different artists. I, I, I feel like I just have like, you know, musical ADHD where I go from genre to, you know, I'll listen to country and then go straight into EDM and everything. And it's really hard. It, I've struggled with this all my entire life to pick like a favorite artist. It's how my brain's wired apparently. But I, I think I'm going to take Shells' route and just say somebody with a lot of range and somebody who has kind of revol- revolutionized music. And I'll say Prince. And in the bonus round, uh, the bonus of having him be the only artist, uh, he throws some killer parties. So I'm sure I could kind of, you know, be around for that. So that'd be fun. He rides motorcycles and he's a baller too, isn't he? Well, let me tell you. So I was uh, my army buddy I was stationed with uh, here at Fort Jackson. Um, he told me if he's from Minnesota, grew up in Minnesota. Prince used to throw like parties for people in the town and you would show up. And the only um, like contingency or whatever uh, is that you had to believe your phone 
at the front. You couldn't take any pictures of his house or anything, but he would put on concerts and basically throw like parties for the neighborhood and people would just go and listen to Prince and hang out at his house and he'd put on a huge spread and then they'd go home like just awesome. Cool. Just yeah. super cool. Right. So yeah. I that's my gift to everybody else too. We save Prince and then we also have these awesome parties. Nice selection. I like it. Ryan, I know Sounds, this is especially tough for you too. Yeah, this is, this definitely is. Um, it's a really tough question. Uh, just as a reference point though, we were talking about a little bit earlier. I mute all of the commercials and people that come <laughs> over to my house to watch the game, they're like, Dangle, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't want to listen to commercials. So I just mute them. And then I've got that button ready to go. As soon as the broadcast come back, I turn it on. I am an 85 year old man and I'm okay admitting it. I have no problem with that. So I thought about this one. And, and the tough one is I sing Bob Marley to my daughter every single night that we go to sleep. Um, and I was really thinking about it, but Shell said something, just that range. Bob is amazing, amazing songwriter and stuck with it. And I, I love him, but it's all, all, it's all the same. And so I'm going into it, and I don't think any of you have ever heard of this this artist before, and I'm okay with it. His name is Nick Drake. If you haven't heard of Nick Drake, uh, click on Pink Moon. Pink Moon is his most famous song. It's been used in commercials and stuff like that. I, it is That album is, I think, one of the best albums ever made. It was an amazing singer-songwriter from England uh, in the 1960s, way ahead of his time. And he, apparently in one of his his huge concerts, he just apologized in the middle of his, one of his songs. Songs. He walked off stage, never, never did it again. And then unfortunately, some really bad mental health problems and committed suicide. Um, and so they've got all of these like unreleased recordings and stuff like that. He's absolutely incredible. And I would want other people to hear Nick Drake. There's this, this is the song about the moon. This is his main pink moon, Yeah, pink, pink moon. moon. If you haven't heard it, it, I'm sorry. It's a good, it's a good tune. It's yeah, in commercials though, Ryan. Yeah. When you yes. hear it, you'll. When you hear yes, yes, yes. I know where this is coming from. Oh, back back to probably know, 10 man. to 15 years ago when I listened to commercials. Yeah, yeah, it was in there. It was in a Volkswagen Cambrio, Cambria, whatever the car is, commercial. Look it up. It's it's at least 15 years old. I am that guy. Thank you. That's I'm so sorry. weird that you just, I just love how you like remember the exact like company car or whatever. I just thought it was funny. You said like 15 <laughs> seconds earlier. Yeah. I don't listen to commercials. Well, and think about this. Okay. So Brendan, really, the reason why is because that commercial, I heard it and I was like, I have to find this artist. And that's how I got introduced to his stuff because otherwise, yeah. like I never, ever would have heard it. It's like, think about the way in which you get introduced to some of your favorite music. Now, maybe you're searching online, but sometimes it, a song finds you. And that was with me. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think it's, I've been that way too. Um, or just somebody saying like, Hey, I heard this. And you know, next thing you know, you basically become obsessed with them or something. This is why I like you guys for a number of reasons, but one of them is because you're eclectic. It's cool. Mine, I think might get judged it's okay. I don't care. So I would pick Hosier and I think a lot of folks stopped with Hosier after take me to church. And I suppose I wouldn't blame them because well, it got played uh, to death. But if you were to listen to the rest of his catalog, it would fit right with, I think you kind of set the tone here, Shells, in terms of range and richness and vocals. I mean, if I, if I had to choose a voice, like if I had a second life as a rock star, I would choose his voice. It, it, it's fantastic. But then the songs are, are, are all over the place and so 
well-constructed and thoughtful. And there are so such a variety of instruments. And I, I just, I think I could listen to him if I had to for the rest of my life. He's also Irish, so there's that. And you know, it's my island, it's Ireland. And so that's the other part of it that I would that I would do. So, and I will say this, for those of you saying, Hosier, give it give it a chance. Don't even listen to Take Me to Church. Listen to all the other stuff. And it's, it's fantastic. But that's a good song. It, yeah, it's not a bad well, song. But you know how some songs get played to death to the point mm-hmm. where, I mean, like I don't know about you all, that but I like, used to know. Oh, man. <laughs> when someone like just completely like, you know, pounds you over the head with a song or or a commercial or then I turn I, I turn and walk the other way. So yeah. I guess maybe that's what I'm saying is if I would have heard Hosier that much, I might have been like, yeah, that's all I need to hear. But if you go beyond, it's pretty good. While we're talking about music, can I just make a plug for the, the Neil Diamond channel on Pandora? It's maybe the greatest channel really ever, ever. Okay. Do you, it, do you, it, like 10% bad songs, maybe 10% at wow. most. It's everyone's a jam. It's awesome. Do you know Jim Jeffries? The he's a comedian from Australia. Yeah. He does a bit about Neil Diamond. You have to. It's a phenomenal story. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, but please, please, please check it out. Okay. I will. I will. All right, Sweet boys. Caroline, I'm there. Ba ba ba. It's time to get out of here, boys. It's time to give shout outs. Yeah, I did it, Brendan. That's right. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. Let's go shout outs. Let's go, Brendan. Patrick, Jack Wright, and I will finish it up. Shoutouts, boys. I got two, and I'm going to try to be better about shouting out certain accounts who I don't know who the hell they are. They just maybe have like a generic like Bears name or something, but damn it, there were some pretty good follows and they're fun. So shout out at Let's Go Bears. I'm pretty sure they have just an avatar of Dick Buckus or something, but they're just always a really good follow. A lot of fun Bears content. I think they're pretty witty. Again, no idea who they are, but they're fun follows. So if you're on Twitter, definitely check them out. And I was so, so happy to hear and see that uh, our guy, Luis Medina, met up with Adam Rank today. So Luis, uh, we following each other on Instagram. He posted some like recommendations about, hey, I, I need a South Cali bar to watch the bears. And then Rank posts on Twitter, hey, I'm going to be watching at this bar on like Huntington Beach or something. And I was like, hey, there's something uh, that these two can meet up and hang out. And so I messaged Luis. I'm like, hey, like if you're looking for a spot, check it out with Rank. And he ended up doing that. They said they uh, watched the game together, took a pick together. So uh, just love to see like friends of the pod just kind of come together, watch Bears. So that was cool. So shout out to Luis. Hope your California vacation or trip uh, is going well. Speaking of California, I'm going to shout out somebody whose musk I miss and can faintly smell at times uh, when I'm sitting there in the dark alone, missing him. Logan Bradley, buddy, we need you to come back. I know you're busy working and you're doing wonderful things, but uh, I don't want to go another episode without telling you how much we all miss you and we can't wait to get you back. Your dry sense of humor. Um your incredible voice, your dulcet tones. We need you back in the pod, brother. Can't wait to see you soon. I echo, I echo that emotion. And while I know you have a great love for the game of soccer, the beautiful game, we feel like you're really kind of missing out on your sweet spot, which is the discussion of Bears football. So come back to us. Run, run back to us. <laughs> I would like to shout out our guest tonight. Thanks, Adam Rank. 
for coming on the show. We thought it was a lot of fun and enjoyed having you. We always enjoy having you a, a great deal. I, I will drop it after this, I promise. But I, I just wanted to, I try not to be too snarky, as you all know, on Twitter. But I wanted those folks who were in the shelf fields for the rest of the year club to just have a chance to say, that was a terrible take. And I was wrong. And so shout out to uh, Vicky S at VHS SCH for saying, yeah, you know what? I was in that camp. That was wrong. He needs to play. He needs to grow. He needs to develop. Sitting a healthy Justin Fields. Let's just think about that for some more time. Okay, now I'm done. Shout out to uh, to Vicky. That was really cool. It's fun to have those types of interactions on Twitter always. He was so labored today. My God, could you see how much in pain he was? He should not have been out yeah. there. They the should put him in staff, bubble wrap. The Bears staff should all be fired for playing Justin Fields today. My God. Appalled. Dude, we've all had some really bad takes. Uh, I think mine today was Darrington Evans is terrible. And then he had like a 16-yard <laughs> run in the next play. So, yeah. He did that twice today in our thread. He said so. <laughs> I was like, quit tweeting. <laughs> Or yeah. keep tweeting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Akamatsu Creative. Uh, his name is James. And he called me out uh, for being a bit of an online bully uh, in my conversation about Sam Mustafer. Now, as someone who was bullied pretty mercilessly when I was a little kid, like I, I took to that, you know, and thinking about, I think, I think we have done a really good job on this podcast of saying, we're almost never going after people personally. We're going after their play on the field and that in and of itself. I truly hope Sam Mustafer has a fantastic life once he's done playing for the Chicago Bears. I hope everything goes his way, but I don't want to see him play center anymore. And we had a good couple back and forth on that. And so, uh, James, to you, uh, you know, I do appreciate that, you know, thinking about that comment and uh, what it meant and, you know, something that I, that I definitely uh, had to reflect on myself just a little bit. And just, I think it's always a good point that we reiterate, reiterate that on this podcast. Now, folks, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you so very much. We have had a lot of phenomenal interactions with our listeners. And for all of you listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. There are so many Bears podcasts out there and we know that you're listening to this one and it means a lot to us. If you could, please hit us with a five-star review. Uh, recommend it to a friend, whatever you possibly can. Um, we just, we, we're so thankful for all of you. So for Logan Bradley, we miss you. For Jack Wright, Brenda Shigrew, Patrick Sheldon, I'm Ryan Dangle. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, thank you so much, folks. And as always... Bear down, Chicago.